Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Christina Pittam, a creator and entrepreneur. And I'm Danielle Alexandra, a stylist and content creator. And we are... In case you haven't heard, podcast. Are we creators? Are we influencers? Bloggers? We don't even know. We're giving you the behind the scenes and an inside scoop of what really goes down so you know exactly what the fuck is going on. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Pod. And we are going to get pretty much right into it today. But before we get there, guys, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe. And please rate us five stars on the Apple podcast. The more stars, the better. And drop us a comment if you want. Yes. So for the next few weeks, we've decided to kind of switch around our scheduling technique. I guess we'll call it that. <laughs> instead of dropping episodes every week, we're going to switch to bi-weekly. And instead of having episodes with us together, we're going to do a little mix up. Yeah, we're going to be solo for a few episodes. Yes, and I hope you guys like it. It's going to be different, so definitely let us know your feedback. We would love to know. You can always email us. Yeah, and if you haven't already caught on, Danielle and I don't live in the same city at the moment, so... Up to date, all the episodes have been recorded together. She came over here. We recorded more episodes, but I haven't gone over there quite yet. So until I get back over there, we decided to kind of do this new scheduling. Yeah, do this new scheduling. And <laughs> we decided like to it. have a new schedule for you guys because we really wanted to continue making content until Christina came back to Toronto. Yeah, she's like giving me shit. Because Breaking <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, we basically broke the up. The band we'll has back broken together. up. <laughs> so this week's episode is my first solo episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. I will be interviewing my longtime friend, Aaron, who is the creative director of Get Fresh Company, a streetwear and urban brand here in Toronto. I can't wait to listen. He's been with the company now since the beginning. And if you guys aren't familiar with the brand, they have a storefront at Queen and Bathurst that you should check out. And I'll let him take it away from here. Why don't you introduce yourself? Okay, I'm Aaron, and um, I'm currently the creative director for GFC Toronto. And... Um, I also do a bunch of other creative things, I guess, but that would be my main thing. Yeah, so GFC, for those of you who don't know, it's Get Fresh Company. And why don't you start with, okay, so where's your storefront located in Toronto okay. if people wanted to find you? So we're at 498 Queen Street West, right at the corner of Queen and Portland between Bathurst and Spadina. And how did you get involved with Get Fresh Company? Let's start from like the beginning. The beginning? The beginning, the okay. real beginning. So I guess the super beginning would be like in high school. I started this thing called Quick Culture, which was kind of like an online magazine, I called it at the time. So I guess that would be kind of like a hype beast or highest nobody before they were them. But I was nowhere successful as they are. Um, but it kind of just like covered kind of pop-up shops and fashion. And obviously I was into dance before, so it would cover like choreographers and stuff like that. And I would go out and cover pop-up shops, and there happened to be one at... 
Get Fresh Company before it was Get Fresh Company. It was called Proper Reserve. So I actually covered a pop-up shop at Get Fresh before it was Get Fresh. And before that, it was called Proper Reserve, a different owner, and it was still a streetwear store. Um, and that's where I met this guy named Apple or Big Apple. He basically was super big in the industry in Toronto and like the hip hop kind of scene. And he did shows and managed artists. And um, he kind of had a thing. He had a thing called Swag News, which was in Atlanta and Toronto. And he kind of was like, yo, you take photos. What do you do? And I kind of spit to him and we kind of went from there and I like, started rolling around with him. And he kind of taught me a little bit about fashion, brought me to kind of like the wholesale area near like Orfish Road, not Orfish Road, yeah, a little bit yeah. near Orfish Road in Yorkdale and kind of taught me the game from there. And whatever, I worked with him for a bit and then he brought me back to Proper Reserve to do a shoot with a model and that's where I met Fresh, the owner of Get Fresh. And it kind of clicked from there. There was just synergy. He's like, yeah, I need photos done too. I'm going to take over the store. I'm like, cool, I'm about it. He's like, you want to travel, da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, yeah, I'm down, I can do anything. And at this time, I think I was in school, but, like, not in school. You were, in Ry- you were at Ryerson? I was at Ryerson, yeah. I was at Ryerson at the time, and I was I, I was in school, but, like, it wasn't... Like, okay. this was, like, I was so interested in this. What were so. you taking at that point? Um, I was actually taking journalism at okay. that point, and I kind of went into it, and that's another thing. I kind of went into it for, I feel like, the wrong reasons, because... I loved making magazine layouts and doing photo shoots and stuff like that. And I did that a lot in high school and I did that for like final projects. But the writing aspect of it, or I guess the journalism program that they were kind of pushing or kind of had or that I experienced was more like a lot of beat reporting, a lot of, it was very news oriented. Um, they did do like big like editorial writing courses, but it was very like news focused for me. And I wasn't about that. Like, we would have to go out and be like, we had one class. It was super cool if you were into it, but I was just too spaced out to do that. It would be like, you get a story in the morning at 9 a.m., you go out and interview people, write an article, put it together, and then submit it by, like, 4. Well, it's interesting because if you're going into the magazine world, like, as someone who is being a creative, Mm -hmm. journalism is something that you need to get into it. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily... A program that is in this case put together for those creatives exactly it's put together for those like news reporters that want to go out and get the story yeah whereas the journalism that you wanted to do was more like layouts creative yeah fashion and, based. and it was like borderline like is it even journalism or was it more into like design yeah. and, and whatnot which is is a whole communication or like discussion about trying to force yourself in grade 12 to figure out what the hell you want to do with your life for the rest of your life. So you kind of dive in somewhere. Right. But yeah, like it was a super cool program. Wasn't for me. I started working with, um, with Get Fresh. And then there was a time at Ryerson where I was just barely going to school. I was like, what's the point? And I kind of dropped out of Ryerson. Not kind of, I dropped. I just stopped going to class. So I, I don't know. Do you have to fill out forms when you drop off? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know I think you have to officially I just, You just stop going I just class. stopped going and stopped registering for shit and stopped paying for shit. And then, and then they just I forgot guess, about you. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm still enrolled. I don't know. But yeah, I stopped and then kind of picked up like random jobs here and there, focused more on photography, focused more on GFC. At the time, we're a super small company. So, but like I used my time kind of like just networking with people and going around to everything and just getting to know everyone in the industry that I would want to be a part of. Yeah, and I was super young. I was, like, 20. Right. So, obviously, like, I fucked off my time a lot. I'm not going to lie. But, like, those times when I fucked off, I ended up meeting people that I work with today or whatever, right? So, it was a little crazy. 
So how did yeah. your family or the people around you react to a 19, 20-year-old going to Ryerson, kind of having, you know, you had a major, you yeah. had a path, let's say, quote-unquote, yeah. and then you kind of just said, no, I'm going to work with this guy I just met. Yeah, um, not so well. <laughs> not so well. My whole family is, like, into academic, but it just wasn't really in the books for me, even... When I was younger, I wasn't really into school. I did well in school when I had to, but I just, I couldn't apply myself academically. I was more so always thinking about photos or videos or other things to do after class or whatever. So I couldn't focus. So yeah, so they weren't too happy at all. I dropped out of school. I was still living downtown. I was running, a note, running around, according to them, doing God knows what. I decided to go to OCAD after that. Um, that was also like, I guess, pressure from like more like the fa my family, and I was just like, okay, like fine, like I'll transfer credits over, go to OCAD, you know, like it was photography, it was something I think I'm interested in doing. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, OCAD is obviously a prestigious art school in Toronto. Mm -hmm. They focus on photography, fashion, fine art. They, right? I, they do video, they do uh, printmaking, yeah, everything. Um, so it's mainly an artistic secondary, uni like secondary yeah, program. Exactly. After high I school. think now, like it used to be a college, now it's a university. But yeah, that's where I decided to go, and it still wasn't really working out for me. It was very, it was a lot of theory and like. Are you doing photography? And I went in. Oh yeah, I went in for photography because I'm like, you know what? Like I really like photography. Maybe I can improve myself on it. And like, mind you, there was things I learned at Okaid and in terms of like photography theory and like putting together editorials, fine art editorial stuff like that. But again, it still wasn't as practical as I wanted it to be. And that could be like a note to whoever's listening. Like I should have just went to like college straight out of high school, but I kind of had pressure to be like, hey, go to go to university, you know, like everyone did. Da 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 da. And I was like, man, I just wish I went straight to college and did photography and design, got the practical hands on and kept it moving. But yeah, OCAD didn't work out. I was doing GFC. GFC was getting more successful. We're getting busier. And I was just like, yo, I just can't do this anymore. I'm done with school. I'm going to do GFC and everything else I'm doing. And that's it. And keep it moving from there. So that's kind of where I transitioned from like school and what I was doing before into GFC. And GFC is now primary. So at that point, did you have any mentors or mentorship in your life that you kind of realized okay, this isn't where, this isn't the path that I want for myself? Like, yes and no. Fresh was, is and was a really big mentor to me. And he would always be like, no, like, just stay in school, finish it out, finish it out. He was never like, drop out of school, come work for me. He, was, he wasn't like that. He was like, yo, finish school, figure it out. But then it was just like, I brought to him like, yo, it's just not for me. I'm trying, but it's just not. And he was like, all right, whatever. But like, he kind of taught me fashion business and business in general and just like, just general ways of moving around and kind of getting to where you need to be. And that term, like, he was definitely a big mentor and still is. Creatively, I actually didn't have a mentor. And I think that's something that I wish I did. So I just turned to, like, just, like, YouTube and whatever. I guess YouTube was still big at the time and kind of went from there. But, yeah, creative mentors. And now it's just, like, I look at everyone as a mentor. Anyone that's doing anything, I don't care if you've been in the industry or whatever, whatever the industry is for one year, two days, if you're making a splash or you're doing something, I'm still gonna be like, yo, that's sick. That's inspired me. So I think the whole community as a whole like, is like mentorship, so. Where do you usually get most of your inspiration now? 
Because I know fashion, like, you can pull from so many different... For me, inspiration, like, obviously, other than, like, YouTube and Instagram, the regular stuff, like, movies inspire me a lot. And I know even when it comes to GFC, um, even putting together collections, like, we draw inspirations from even older movies, like, Paid in Full, series, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, just, like, what they wear, how they act, how it's put together, um, Hype Williams films, Director X films... Stuff like that. So I think inspiration definitely comes a lot from a nostalgia factor as well, because obviously everything always repeats itself. So coming from the structure of, you know, a university education where you thrived was more of a learning as you go, because you kind of were thrown into this. You didn't really have any formal educational background. You kind of just learned as you go. So what are some things that you learned that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, I think by having to kind of learn as I go, I kind of learn things the hard way. Right. But for me as a person and how I learn, like the hard way is the way that I need to learn, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know how you would look at it. Well, you can say no mistake is a mistake because it's a learning. No mistake is a mistake, yeah. Because you're learning as you. As like, I go, yeah. Or you're not even that, it's just like, it's good because you learn from them and then that's the only way you can pick up and like do anything better because if you're always just mediocre or if you're always just doing the right thing and like kind of you know just taking one step at a time and not doing anything wrong then you're not learning how to make things better exactly Uh, yeah so I'm like a big advocate is like kind of learning as you go and kind of just learning as I go I think people are so I think kids are super lucky now because like when I was younger they had like besides school like the only program that you could enroll into for what I was trying to do would be the remix project Okay, um, which is... I don't know if you're... So the Remix no. remix Project, it's like super, super big. They basically take intake kids um, and kind of give them the opportunity to pair them up with mentorship. So if you're into photography, they'll have like the photography that's actively in the industry now teaching that class. And like a lot of the people that I work with now went to like the original Remix Projects. Like T-Rex was in the Remix Project and he was a teacher for the Remix Project. So it was the people that are like in... I guess, quote-unquote, industry, that would be teaching you. So they have the Remix Project, and then, but now you have, like, well, Remix Project's grown, and then you have, like, House, like, from XO, from Lamar. It's, so it's a whole creative house that you can go. It's like, it's like a Remix Project, and you can go and, like, you have mentors, and you have access to photo studios and access to printmaking um, studios, and, and now you have, like, Artscape, where you can go and kind of, like, if you're into, like, 3D printing, you can go there and take a course. So, like, I just think, like, education-wise, like, between YouTube, resources in your city, I think, I'm not saying school is obsolete, but I definitely think that you should look at all your options from programs available in your area to, like, university before you make a jump and, like, spend loads of money on something that may not be for you. Are these programs in multiple cities, or are they based out of one? So I know Remix is in Toronto and I think Chicago, and I'm don't quote me on that. I never went to Remix. Yeah. I've just been around people that have been in Remix, and I just know they do amazing things. So, yeah, Chicago and Toronto. Um, House, I know for sure, is here. It's, it's founded by... The weekend's creative director Lamar. That's awesome too, because he brings in like people in the industry like to do talks and whatnot, and kind of puts you right instead of just seeing them on Instagram, lets you see them face to face and do a Q and A and stuff like that. So that's really cool. And I'm sure there's millions of other programs around the world that do the same thing. 
that's something I would definitely take advantage of. YouTube's another thing I would take advantage of. I still go to YouTube to learn like a million things Everything. all the time. Yeah. Um, I use YouTube as such a tool. I think yeah. that social media has changed the landscape for creatives as a whole. It's just more, there's so much more you can learn online. And if, if university is not your thing and you mm -hmm. feel like maybe you're doubting the program that you're in, and not to say that education is not important because, I mean, I'm the first one to, I've, you know, went to university, yeah. finished everything, but, you know, Take advantage of these resources that are so available to you. And, you know, YouTube's free. Yeah. I mean, unless you're paying for the, the premium. premium. But, like, but even then, like, I, like, I've used Udemy before when I was doing some 3D work. So, and that course cost me, like, $19. Like, I, there, I can name a bajillion things that I spent $19 on that did not help me in my life. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I would definitely look at all your options and before you try to enroll in something, just do your research and kind of, like, lay out your goals. And make sure that you're going in the right direction for that. But, like, I think school, this is probably my mom talking because, like, my mom's a teacher and, like, a veteran teacher, which is so funny that I dropped out of school because it's, the irony it's is there. so funny. Yeah, but it's definitely the learning skills you learn in school, I would say. I think, like, you probably will be able to, like, kind of confirm that, but by going to school and kind of, it's like learning that organization, yes. note-taking, how to process information, I think that's that kind of translates into the real world and why you'll probably so you're probably so able to organize and plan and process information in the way you can because it was so grueling for those X amount of years. So I'm not dismissing school. No. I'm just totally saying that depending on what you want to do, because in this this whole new world, like there's people out here making money with like zero education and they're doing it swiftly and promptly and getting it done. So we're in a whole new realm. I, I agree with that, especially because there were always these jobs available, but I feel like because of social media, because of how technology has grown, there's so many more opportunities that are being mm -hmm. there for these young people, or like even for us. Like, And also back then, when our parents were young, like I feel like you picked one job and you really just stuck with that job. Yeah. And now it's fine to kind of jump from job to job. Obviously, it's in the same, you know, if you're in fashion, you know, you kind of stay in fashion. It's not like you're going to jump from being a lawyer to go into fashion and, unless you're totally doing a career change. But I mean, like, there's so many different positions in that industry that you can dabble in and that kind of overlap, like as a photographer... Mm -hmm. Now you're creative director. You also do, you know, probably events. You probably have, you're yeah. in the design team. You kind of do it all. Yeah. Um, especially being in these really cool businesses like Get Fresh. It's like it's a smaller company. So you get your hands in on all of these different, different things. Different yeah. things and I think you, you have, have to. to. Exactly. You have to. Like now in the world, like everything's multi. What is it? Multidisciplinary. Exactly. Yeah. Disciplinary, whatever. You, you have to. Like even when we hire people. Like, if you know how to do more than one thing, like, you're getting the job. And But I'm saying doing it well, yes. not, like, just don't do it just because you watched one video on it. But you kind of have to. You kind of have to do everything. Like, like you, as, like, what you do, like, what, what do you kind of consider yourself, like, as your job title or, like, your title? I would say stylist and content creator. Okay, cool. So you kind of have to know a million things, like, from editing your photos. Like, I'm sure you have people that do certain things for you, yes. but... Editing your photos, scheduling your photos, writing, 
there's a whole realm that you're still going to need to know. Now being in a space where startups and, you know, smaller businesses have less people, because on your team, like you, like we kind of talked about, you kind of do all these different, different things. Mm -hmm. And I think the key to how you said, you know, you need to do these things, you need to make yourself available and you need to be the problem solver or yeah. else you're not going to stick around, right? So you, you when you first met Fresh, Fresh yeah. you kind of solved a problem for him. Right. You were there at a good time. He needed a photographer. You happened to be in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. You solved that problem for him, and then you made yourself needed and, and wanted. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the key is, like, even if you have education or not, and, like, what's to say... What is education? You know, as long as you're continuing to learn about the things that you want to do and, right. and kind of never stop learning. Like, even if you're done university, you should never just stop learning and yeah. just work nine to five. No, you know, no you should way. always continue to grow and learn. That's how you stay and that's how you grow is being the person to solve the problems. Because if you're not solving the problems, then everyone's going to forget about you. Yeah, and that's, that's what the biggest businesses in the world are based on just solving problems exactly. is the only thing. So yeah, be a problem solver, folks. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. How do you stay motivated being, you know, in the industry, you're multi, you're the creative director, you do photography, you're mm -hmm. also part of the design team, you do events around the city with Remy Martin. How do you stay motivated? I think it's just like doing, doing a lot of new and different things. Like, so we've done private dinners, like this Carabana, we did like this massive Carabana kind of weekend. We did, um, we took over the restaurant across the street from us, curated our own menu, put that together. We had activation in store, so we had DJ every night in store. And then on the last day, we actually had a massive block party. We shut down kind of uh, the side street right beside the store, and we had like thousands of people there. We had T-Rex host it. Bobby Bowen was hosting it. It was massive. Like, we can't wait to do it again this year. So kind of like that lifestyle element that we all love to do, marrying that with fashion kind of keeps us motivated. Um, and in terms of staying motivated as a creator, I think it's just like trying new things. Like my focus on now, other than GFC, is like I'm kind of going back into portrait photography and document documenting stuff because that's something I love to do. I'm pretty sure we did portraits like super yeah, long time ago at the store. That. No, I remember when you first had your first business and I had that, you you had merch at one point and I still have that sweater. Oh, the quick culture the sweater. Quick culture yeah, so sweater. that goes back to like, see, I totally forgot about that because that, that goes back to kind of the website and like my love of fashion kind of started there. Yeah. And like, yeah, we made like one of my boys, Andre, shout out to Andre. He's an amazing artist. He put together that kind of like logo, that bear type logo. And then me and my boy Brian, we figured out how to get it printed. And actually this guy named Jason helped us out with it. He was an older head, he had the clothing line. Yeah, and we kind of sold it and we just drove around to people and sold it and just people we knew. And like, it was super successful. We sold out in like a week. I'm sorry, I'm just reminiscing because I yeah, totally forgot about that. that was your first That was like dabbling. first dabbling fashion. That was and cool. that was it, that was, when you were 18, maybe? Yeah, I wasn't, I think, yeah, we were, I was still in high school, so it was like grade 11, oh, grade 12, grade 12, maybe? Yeah. 11, 12. Are so. you 18 when you're in grade, yeah, I think so. Are you 18? That's I don't so know. crazy, like 17, 18, like how are you supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of your life? I was thinking about that lately, like all these young kids like going to university, and like obviously we did it too, yeah. but it's just impossible to know. Yeah, it's, I think they should have never gotten rid of that grade 13. Unless you want to be a doc, like, 
I, Which is so rare to me. Like, in my high school that I went to, I didn't know... I don't think there was any doctor there. And not to saying that kids weren't smart. It's just that they didn't want to do that. I don't know about where you went. I mean, we no, went to very different schools there for There definitely sure. was. I feel like a lot of people wanted to do, like, doctor, lawyer, business. Like, yeah. those three main things were very... Like, everyone... Yeah. doing creative things was not the norm. It was never a thing. And, like, even other options were, like, I feel like they weren't presented to us. Like, civics and careers was kind of a joke. Like, I didn't know what other careers were out there. I knew, like, okay, doctor, lawyer. Teacher. Teacher, work in a factory. Like, just, like, the gen- like general careers. Yeah. And then they never kind of let you know what was broken down within there. So, yeah, I don't know. Education's a whole topic, I think. I'm all for, like, education reform. I don't know, like, how they talk about that, how, like, they want to restructure our education system and what we're taught because, obviously, taxes and purchasing a home oh, and interest, Let's all that stuff. Oh, gosh. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, like... Tax season is right around the corner. I had no clue. I only learned how to do my taxes, like, three, four years ago, and that was only because, like, Fresh, I think, was like, yo, bro, like, you got to do your taxes, make sure your own company that's down there. So I'm just like, what? Like... I don't know, mm-hmm. like, I used to just get paid with a T4, and then, like, I, when I used to work at Future Shop, and that was it. Like, those are all things that are super important. And creatives really need to be on that, like, to all yes. the creatives listening, like, be on that. Like, make sure your company's registered, whether it's a corporation, a sole proprietor, have an accountant, or, like, make sure you're super, you're super good on your bookkeeping, get QuickBooks, it's, like, super cheap. Just, like, be on top of that, because, like, that'll fold you in your, like financial life have you seen that meme that it's like you have to pay your taxes oh how much do you owe oh you have to figure that out we know what you owe but you just have to figure that out (laughs) for yourself and then it's like well what if i don't figure the right amount oh you'll go to prison (laughs) have you not seen that no i haven't but like that's basically what they're doing yeah that's scary did you do taxes yeah yeah I'm pretty That's on good. top of it. I try to be. Well, no, I didn't do them yet, but I'm all up to date and I just have to meet with my accountant. Today. Yeah, same. I have like the stack of like receipts and all kind of like sectioned and I'm like, just hopefully Hand this, it I over. to pay a million dollars, a bajillion dollars. Yeah. So I want to get into more of like the retail environment of Get Fresh because I yeah. know you guys have e-commerce mm-hmm. and you have a retail space. So let's talk about first the first space on Queen Street because that mm-hmm. has been there since the beginning, really. That yeah. was when you first got involved. Yeah. Fresh came in and said, hey, I'm buying this space on mm-hmm. Queen Street. Come on board. Yeah. So let's talk about your experience at the retail space and maybe how the retail environment has changed. If Because, you know, there's a lot of stores that have come and gone in, in over, even this past year, like Barney's closed, mm-hmm. Forever 21 closed. I know they're the price point is a lot different. And then David's in Toronto closed. Like there's so many retailers that are closing. So let's talk about like how the retail space has changed from then to now. Like online has yeah. just came in and fucked up the game. I could swear on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, you can swear. That, that's really what it is. Like, and I think there's two things, just online and, and kind of like now there's so many resources to kind of have a vertical business, like have your own, everything in-house, your own private labeled items. So when we first started a store, we were a boutique, we would buy and sell clothes. We would go to uh, agenda trade shows and, and go to Vegas, go to LA, go to all the trade shows, buy, and then you have that connection with the buyer, the brand, cool, come back, bring it back, sell it. And that was the model for years before that and whatnot. But e-commerce was already coming into that point. It wasn't as big. 
But like with Shopify and like WooCommerce and all these other plugins and just having an online store is so easy. And then now they have like drop shipping. You could drop ship items with e-commerce stores and now you can hire companies to make your own clothing. You can make your own clothing by yourself. You can make your own t-shirt. So I think e-commerce really came in and made it so much easier for consumers to shop and kind of opened your local consumer to the world. So now you're not walking down the street and shopping at XYZ. Now you can go online and shop the world. You could, and you may be able to find that item for cheaper, for more, a more exclusive item. So e-commerce is super important. In the business, if you can disclose, like mm-hmm. in, in Get Fresh Business, like is most of the profits coming from e-commerce? Like are most of your sales coming from online and then the storefront is just that lifestyle that you've built? Right now, the, the most of the profits is definitely still coming from in-store. Okay. Um, because of the lifestyle element. Yeah, because I think because we started like that. Yeah. And people like we know you for that. Exactly. And people come to check us and they like the experience of shopping in the store and kind of getting getting educated on new brands. And and because we're our own brand, too, like they want to come and try on the items, their newer items. But our e-commerce is growing. And like definitely the focus is on e-commerce now because that's just the future. Like that you that's where your reach is instead of reaching however many people live in the GTA, now we can reach the world, so why wouldn't we sell to the world kind of thing. So. Most of your clients come from Toronto. What other, because you're saying that most of... Yeah, so yeah, Toronto, um, like in-store, like the GTA in general, so from like Bram- like from like from Brampton yeah. to like the East End to Vaughan to wherever, right? Like anywhere in the GTA, they're shopping. Our online customer is very different. We have a lot of customers in the States um, we have a lot of customers in Dubai, too, and I think that comes from just, like, the lifestyle element and kind of the relationships we have there. And once people get our items, they come back for it. And everything now is made in-house. Yeah, everything's So we make we make clothes all over the place. Um, our Bare Bones collection, which is, like, our basic collection that we started with and what people love the most, that's made and milled in Canada. So we mill our fabric in Canada, too. So everything's everything's Canadian. People love that. The quality is just amazing. People still have shirts from like five years ago. It's almost like the quality is too amazing. There, <laughs> no one's buying more shit. But <laughs> yeah, to be like Apple and like. <laughs> yeah, just... I wish you uh, uploaded yeah. and kind of get your t-shirt to rip. No, but no, no. I'm saying how Apple. Like I swear that they make their phones mm-hmm. break after a certain amount of yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, they admitted it. That I saw the article. They actually admitted. It. They oh, were they like, did. They were like fined. I forgot where they were fined like a million dollars, which is like oh. Like, like half even an half hours day. of sales <laughs> for them. But yeah, that's it's definitely e-commerce is the wave. And, and I was talking about people being able to make their own shit. Is like if you have a brand like how we did, we just made our own clothes. Like for the cost of what it was to probably buy other brands and sell it, we can make our own clothes. Unless the, the other brand that you're selling is bringing like tremendous worth or tremendous customers. So... Yeah, that kind when of did you make game. that switch? Because to put a timeline on it, mm-hmm. I feel like it was like 2010, 2011 when, right? When you got involved, something like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, I think around there. And then like when we first made our first actual in-house item would be like 2013, 2014. So, it's yeah, been it was, a long journey. It's, like, been, it's been a long like almost journey. Almost ten, 10 years, basically. Yeah, it's been a long journey. That I can say for sure. Yeah. And now we've talked about you doing, you know, a lot of things in the business, but what is your main focus now in, in, in the business? So I do the creative direction for the brand. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a core team of three or four of us. We have a lead designer who's saying he's dope. He kind of like brings the clothes to life. 
um, fresh kind of, in addition to running the business and, and maintaining corporate relationships and stuff like that, he t- takes a heavy part in designing as well because that's his passion. That's why he started it. And yeah, so with creative direction, it's kind of like I'm kind of refining the brand down to what we really want it to be. That's my main goal right now, from visuals to rollouts to what items we're putting out, just trying to get it all cohesive, refined, something that a brand that can grow with us. And it's just not, I don't want a trendy brand. I want it to be able to grow with us and kind of last, last long and people can grow with the brand. So if you shopped with us when you were 19, you could still shop there when you're like 28, maybe yeah. 30. Well, what are some key points that you can say differentiate between a brand and a lifestyle brand? That's a good question. I think a lifestyle brand really brings in more than just clothing. I think it brings in a feeling. I think it brings in, if you're talking about items like access, lifestyle accessories, I think it brings in events. I think you really have to be a part of the person's lifestyle. So if they're coming to buy a t-shirt from you, you should be able to like sell that t-shirt off of like, I fuck with this brand. I like what they're doing, you know? Like I wanna be a part of everything that they're doing rather than this is a cool t-shirt right now, lime green is in. I don't even know what this brand is, but I'll buy it anyways. So it's kind of what you wanna do though, because there's a lot of brands out there super successful in just selling clothes and that's just what they're good at. But like you probably would buy one or two items from them and then forget about them. Not to say they're not making a lot of money, but it may not be a brand with longevity. I find with a lot of internet brands, not all of them, but with a lot of them, they're just, they're smart. They're just in there, they're making their money and then keeping it moving. I don't, they're not gonna know how many times, I don't know. I feel like I talk to girls a lot and I'm like, oh, that shirt's dope, where is it? They're like, oh, some brand online that that I found. I'm like, cool, which is cool, but it's just like, if you don't remember the brand, then you're not. it's not a a lifestyle brand. Yeah, Yeah, you're not making a lasting impression. And I think too now, consumers are concerned about like where their clothes are coming from they're mm-hmm. concerned about sustainability they're concerned about actually consuming brands that are positive or are impacting the world in a positive, positive way. way yeah so in my mind lifestyle brands are the way that it's shifting to because yeah. if you don't kind of encompass those morals as a brand like people are going to forget about you and yeah. also, if you're just a trendy brand, like, yeah, maybe you're making a lot of money now, but then where are you going to be in the next five years? Are you going to be off the map? Is there going to be another trendy brand that's going to take your place? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like what Forever 21, what happened to Forever 21. They were yeah. producing all of these, like, really cheap quality clothes really quickly. Like They were expanding, like, in multiple cities really quickly. You're absolutely right about, like, Forever 21. Like, there's so many brands that came in and did exactly what Forever 21 was doing, but online, faster, more variety, like, quicker to get it to the consumer, so. And not to say comparing you guys to that. No, 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 like, just talking about, yeah. retail space environment and, like, also e-commerce, right? Mm -hmm. Because when did you guys start doing e-commerce? Like, 2013? Yeah, 2013, 2013. We started dabbling in it. On this podcast, we like to talk about assumptions. What are some assumptions that people might have about you, Get Fresh Company, or what you do as a creative director? That's a good question. I think people underestimate the amount of work that goes into everything. Like a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of back and forth, a lot of stress. And like I think like people just also forget like the sacrifice you put into your, your life and, 
and the strain on maybe relationships or the strain on like your health. So I think that's an assumption that it kind of might come easy or it, you know, it comes quick. Assumptions about me, I don't know. I don't know what people think about me. To be I honest think that's a good exu- assumption because I think also in the creative world, people don't realize, especially with smaller teams, mm-hmm. how much you're doing on a daily basis, yeah. right? Because you're doing in in a big corporation. I think your job would be probably like five different people. Yeah. Right. And so now coming into it as being like a workaholic, let's say, because you're you know at the at the store most days, mm-hmm. all day mm-hmm. and night sometimes, and then not only that, you're at the store working, and then you might have an event at night. Mm-hmm. Be it that you're at get fresh most of your days and nights when you have events, what's your work-life balance like? And Um, do you have one? Is that even exist in your life? I think, like, in the beginning, it definitely didn't exist. Um, One, I was just young and I was just in the industry and, like, I think it's so important, like, especially when you're starting off, to be around all the time. And that's kind of, like, how I got to know the people I know and the opportunities I have. But I think as you grow up and, like, as you... I don't want to say mature because I'm not saying that, like, as you get older, you have to kind of, like, have a better work-life balance. Some people thrive on just work, 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 and that's what they do, and that's that's amazing. But, like, I know for me and, like, even other people on the team, work-life balance has been super important. Um, like, our lead designer just had a baby. So he's... I know he's figuring out work-life balance and kind of juggling the two, but... For me personally, work-life balance is super important now because I'm trying to get to the next phases, I guess, in life. So it's super important. I think it's just like waking up earlier. Like I find myself waking up super early so I can make sure I get a substantial amount done and I still have time at night to do, to be with the family or the girlfriend or work on any other projects I'm working on. So I think that's super important. I'm like a super, I'm like a health guy now. Like, I okay, love health. wow. Like, I love so healthiness. So do you, do you um, have, like, the same routine every single day? I try to. Okay. Like, for example, before, like, last weekend, I was back. I go in waves. Like, sometimes it's just so busy and, like, we have a big launch or a big event and it, it takes a hit because I'm buying food and whatnot. But usually I'm pretty good. I'll, I'll meal prep. I'll hit the gym in the morning. I'm super into, like, mushroom teas, like, reishi mushroom teas. Like, super, super healthy I meditate in the morning for like 10 minutes. I use the Calm app. Okay, know, it helps awesome. Me. No, the yeah. meditation is, I key. feel like I feel like everyone's doing that these days. It's key, it's key, it's key, it's key. And like, it only takes 10 minutes. But if you really think about it, like when's your brain ever just relaxing? Because when you're going to bed, you're probably thinking about a whole bunch of shit. When you wake up, you're ready to go. So I think, yeah, meditating is super key. But yeah, it, it's balanced. I used to get mad at myself when I would break that routine of the gym and whatnot. Like, me and my dad and my uncle went to Vegas, like, last weekend for his birthday, and that fucked up my whole routine, whole sleeping pattern. But I would, be, usually I'd be like, fuck, I get fucked up, da 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 But that's just a part of the balance. Like, your life is going to suck or be sad if you're constantly trying to fight yourself and not give in to certain cravings or whatever, right? So, yeah, it's all about balance, and that comes into play in work life, and... Yeah, it's super hard, but you'll find your flow. You just have to try different things. Some people can't wake up early, but they can go to bed later and wake up later. I don't know. It works out for me. Like, we, like, our work days, in, and the store opens at 12, so 
we're not all around until around 12-ish or whatnot, but in the morning we're all super busy doing other stuff. And another assumption that I like comes to mind for me is like it's super glamorous because you guys are you know traveling a lot. There's a lot of events. Mm -hmm. Is that true? It can be. It totally can be. Um, you're meeting new people. You're yeah. meeting celebrities. People are. I've done some really, 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 really fun and cool shit with it. Like traveled to different places and yeah, it is. It is. Because you've been to Dubai, right? Yeah, Did you I guys went go to Dubai? which if GFC, I've been to Dubai. Hong Kong, various places in the States, LA, California, Vegas. It can be glamorous. And like, I think that's why I chose this lifestyle because I personally can't work a regular job, right? It's just, I can't do it. I like, like going to Vegas for the trade shows, cool. I get to meet new people, it's lively. Then we get to go out after. And then it's just like, wait, whatever you're doing, just make sure you wake the fuck up and like do it again. And that applies to everywhere we travel. And like, I love, the lifestyle of it and that's kind of what intrigued me to do that and the freedom with it it's super glamorous but it's also like super hard work i mean that doesn't make sense but it's a lot of no, hard work yeah. yeah it's just like you'll see and again i think it just goes back to like social media people see what they want to see or post what they want to post and i think we all try to like whether we post or not kind of show both ends one person that's really good at it is is will photo will and, I, and you asked me for a creative mentor. I think actually Will was that creative mentor for that. Thinking back, like, we would always go back and forth because he's a photographer. I started off as a photographer. I'm a photographer. So that back and forth was, like, really cool. And he'd always push me. He'll be like, he'll have no filter, and that's what I appreciate. He'll be like, I think you should do this. When everyone else is like, oh, that photo's sick. He'll be like, uh, I think... He'll always have something to say, which is like, it's fine because it kind of pushes you and lets you think about things differently. But I think he shows, he shows that, portrays that in a good way. He'll show like the bad on his Instagram, the bad, good, and ugly, kind of like the hard work when we're like working in like a shitty basement with like no heat. And then he'll show like us at a rooftop bar. And like, while it is glamorous, like there's a lot that goes into it and a lot that goes into the play of it. So it always usually comes back to work. Yeah. Wherever we are, it's coming back to work. That also filters into being a lifestyle brand. People mm -hmm. don't want to see... Only, I, people are sick of all this like perfect persona that yeah. everyone... Because for years, everyone has been so perfect and everything's so nice and you're yeah. traveling and everything's mm -hmm. like golden. And now people want the real shit. Like People are sick yeah. of seeing all this curated stuff. People want to know like what goes on. Not even for brands, but life. even just for, like, people who are, yeah. you know, content creators or, like, influencers online. Like, yeah. people want to see what goes into a brand, and that's part of what builds a brand's personality and attracts you to that brand. Yeah. So. And, yeah. Super, super, super important. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for um, having me. Do you want to plug in where people can find Get Fresh and yeah. also you? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at Get Fresh Company on Instagram getfreshcompany.com for our online store. And yeah, again, we're at Queen in Portland, uh, Toronto, Ontario. And yeah, my Instagram, I'm horrible at posting. I'm not as well versed as uh, social media marketing. I'm just like, I do it for GFC, so I'm like, my own shit's like, whatever. We'll still plug yourself. Yeah, it's um, at Aaron Vandelay. Play on Seinfeld. I don't know if you remember yes. that episode. Yes, Art Vandelay. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> if you don't get that reference, yeah. I don't know. We can't be friends. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Hit me up.
All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and you know where to find us. I'm at All Things Coveted, and Christina is at Christina Pinham. I know she's not here today, but she will be on the next podcast, and we'll see you guys later. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.